All right. Hello, you're alive. Tilt it a little bit. Thank you. Sorry for being a little late. We doing it uh, in person was a little different. Uh, so we went through one way and then had to go back another way. So thank you everyone for joining us. Yay, technology. Um, I've had two firsts this week. I did my first international uh, interview earlier this week. Now I have my first in-person interview with uh, Master Aaron Watson. So thank you for joining me. <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> <laughs> We've done some interviews together, but not uh, you know one of us interviewing the other. So um, thanks for joining us, everyone. If I have some questions, if you have some questions as you're watching, feel free to share as we have in the past. Um, so let's get started. Uh, we're going to get started with the, the question that we kind of shared with everyone. Um, why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us about how you got started in the martial arts? Cool. Um, so for those of you that don't know, I am a native, well, mostly native Delawarean. I think I was actually born in New Jersey, but I didn't live there more than a couple months. So grew up in Delaware, went to school locally in Delaware, um, did, never did martial arts, uh, played softball in high school and music. Uh, and then I went to the University of Delaware and my first year in University of Delaware, I was kind of an undeclared but music major. And at the end of uh, the year, I went for a semester abroad in France, uh, studying music because that's what I was going to do. Uh, and it was awesome. It was amazing to live in Paris, um, stay with the Paris family, study music and architecture. And then when I came back, uh, I had two close friends that I had uh, developed my freshman year in college. And one of them had been to a kind of uh, activities fair at the university while I was gone and said, hey, uh, when I was at the activities fair, it looked, uh, I, I saw this thing about joining the university ambulance. It looks really cool. Uh, you know, you could be EMTs and ride an ambulance and it'd be really nifty. Uh, and then that same afternoon, another one of my close friends uh, came up to me and said, hey, my brother teaches martial arts uh, and, you know, we haven't been particularly active uh, in college. And now that you're back, I was thinking that I wanted to join, but I wanted somebody to come with me. Um, and so she invited me to, to train uh, in the martial arts. And I, I always tell everybody in, in that one uh afternoon, my entire life changed uh, because certainly the EMT, uh, joining the EMT group at the University of Delaware uh, led me down the medicine pathway. And then of course, joining the martial arts led me down the martial arts pathway to lead the double life that I live now. Uh, so I started training at Korean Martial Arts Institute uh, and uh, under Master John Godwin and the studio is located very near the University of Delaware campus. So a lot of the other students were also um, university students. So there's a lot of people uh, that were in their uh, late teens, early 20s, which is different, I think, than, than now, honestly. Um, so but that's the, the group that I kind of came up through the ranks with. And I got my first degree black belt when I graduated college. So when I finished out college, uh, that's when I got my first degree black belt. So basically my entire existence of, of training has been during some sort of schooling up until the, this past decade. Uh, so I went through all of University of Delaware uh, with Master Godwin and then 
I did not actually get into medical school my first time around. So I, because I was a music major and changed my mind and then decided I wanted to do medicine, I was very late in the game. And I actually applied um, for medical school, albeit a little bit late uh, in my senior year of college, and I actually didn't get in. Uh, so I had a year off where I was training and teaching with Master Godwin, and I was an EMT um, in, a, in a private uh, ambulance group. And during that year, I actually almost decided to make martial arts my full-time career. In fact, Master Godwin uh, offered me a job at one point in time, and some details of that ended up falling through, but it turns out that was kind of a blessing because that same year, I retook all of my different testing and I applied for medical school again, and I got in this time. So then uh, after four years of being with Master Godwin, I moved to Philadelphia to go to medical school. So I had the incredibly good fortune uh, to have such a wonderful uh, instructor who encouraged me to train while I was in medical school living in Philadelphia and he put me in contact with headquarters. Uh, and so Master Castelli uh, welcomed me with open arms and I got to train uh, at the world headquarters when it was in Philadelphia uh, for the four years that I was in medical school. And so very quickly transitioned from training to becoming an instructor with him and provided me so many opportunities. You've probably heard uh, Maggie mentioned in previous interviews with other masters, Maggie Gonski took me under her wing and just showed me that there was so much more to the association. Um, again, Master Godwin was always very welcoming with a bunch of different instructors coming from all over. So I knew that there was a, a bigger, broader world out there with the organization, but then I got to meet even more international masters and certainly being exposed to grandmaster on a daily basis really opens my eyes that there's more besides the microcosm of your own studio that you start training at, right? And you get your little family in your own uh, studio. And I was lucky with Master Godwin, several different studios, but now my eyes are open to, you know, a world of studios. Uh, and so thanks to Maggie, I got to do other various things like be, be involved in uh, the, the books, pictures for the books and the, the videos about one steps and self-defense and different exposures I wouldn't have had had I not been so lucky to train uh, at headquarters. And um, that was an amazing experience as well. During the second two years of medical school, a lot of it is clinical rotations. So part of the time I was in Philly, part of those rotations were in Delaware. So I got to come back and train in Delaware periodically. Um, I had a couple rotations in Pittsburgh. Uh, so I also had the great opportunity for several weeks to train with Master Holmcheck and Master Hardy. Again, another group just welcomed me with open arms. I got to go there, train, uh, see a whole nother uh, world that I didn't know existed. Uh, so that was amazing. And then when I graduated medical school, I uh, then came back to Delaware and came back to, to the Newark location uh, with Master Godwin. And uh, I had already met the other Master Watson before that from when I came back and visited during medical school, but that's kind of when we um, became close. And by then he had already pretty much transitioned to running the, or not running, but uh, teaching at the, the Hocassin School. Um, and then things evolved from there. I, I've, I've always, I've, I've been kind of a wandering misfit. I feel like I've certainly Master Godwin in Korean martial arts is, is my, my, 
my first home uh, and everything that I've everything I've achieved beyond there is, is thanks to Master Godwin, uh, but I've had the good fortune to train at multiple different studios along the way as well. So uh, after coming back home to, to Newark, of course, um, Master, other Master Watson and I, uh, I call him other Master Watson. Uh, I'm the first Master Watson. <laughs> we, uh, uh, he got the opportunity to help uh, with the, the Kennett Square School. So then I went with him to the Kennett Square School and then more steps along the way that I could go on forever. I've had such a bizarre scattered training. Uh, we finally found our, find our way now where we are, which is uh, helping uh, teach and train at Evolution Karate Academy with Master Joe Kluzny also opened us with welcome arms. We're so lucky to have so many wonderful masters and uh, martial arts schools in this organization. It really is a family uh, that you can literally move anywhere and find some place to train that's going to welcome you as, as one of their own. So we're very fortunate. Um, so I guess that's how I, so I, I, I can, I got lost in my own little story. There. No, I think I answered the question. Absolutely. So that's how <laughs> I came to be in the martial arts. It was just luck. Uh, and here we are. Awesome. Yeah, no, you covered a lot of ground there. Um, I want to double back you were talking about being in the books and being in the videos i still remember the first time i saw you uh have someone come up at worlds <laughs> and i don't know if they'd asked for your autograph but they were excited that they knew you from the video yeah, that was really strange that was back i think i was a second degree black belt by then because i again i got my first degree black belt when i graduated college then i had that year off so that two weird so it was in in my first year of medical school that i got my second degree and then i actually graduated to my third degree and got my MD literally the same weekend. So I had my graduation ceremony at the Kimmel Center. And then the next night we had a third degree black belt graduation at the Dickinson or some, yeah. some high school locally. It was crazy. Uh, and that, I think that was the first time I was ever announced as Dr. Watson is when I got my third degree black belt. I mean, other than medical school graduation, but that was pretty cool. How do you, I just, I just derailed. No, I was uh, talking about uh, seeing someone ask. You. Right. So, uh, right. So, oh, so I was a second. My point was, I was a second degree, and this is how my brain works. I apologize. I was a second degree black belt, but with, still with my maiden name uh, when I uh, was in the the video and everything that transpired with that. So people will still come up to me today and ask if I'm the girl from the videos because I had a whole different name. Mm -hmm. I was a, certainly a, a much different rank at that point in time. Uh, but yeah, so uh, that was it, it's still people will bring up the fact that they know me from the videos, which I think is crazy because that is so long ago yeah. at this point in time. I don't even believe years, that people 14, have DVD players still ago. at this point in time. I think I had a VHS tape. I think I still have the VHS tape of the first uh, iteration of those videos. So um, yeah. Awesome. Um, another thing I wanted to touch base on since we talked about your, your history is every once in a while, I'll talk to someone and be like, Oh, I'm doing college right now. It's my, I'm going to have to put my training on hold. And then I'll say something like, well, you know, Master Watson started in college. And it's like, well, well, Master Watson's different. And it's like, okay, I agree. But at the same time, right, you, you found something that you loved, right? And then you stuck to it. So what would you say to those people who, you know, make the excuse or don't think they have enough time to schedule, even if it's not martial arts, something that they love and enjoy. Yeah. And so I get asked that question kind of a good bit, you know, different people that are going to go to medical school and say, oh my gosh, how am I going to have time for this? Uh, and I guess I kind of didn't ever know 
anything but that, right? So, because I started in college, so I already started having to balance my EMT shifts and classes and the martial arts training. And then of course, medical school is still kind of a blur those first two years. I would tell people, I, I literally, all I did was medicine and martial arts. So I would get up, I would go to classes from eight o'clock in the morning until four, whenever they finished three thirty or four, I would literally go pick up my equipment. I'd walk to a couple of blocks. I, uh, Jefferson is in center city, center, center city, Philadelphia. Uh, and it's about two blocks from the, the bus stop because we were on 10th street. The bus I took down was eighth street. So I would take the eighth street bus south. It would be like a 30 to 45 minute uh, drive south walk the block to get uh, down Oregon Avenue to get to uh, headquarters. I would teach karate from five until sometimes nine o'clock at night. Then I'd catch the seventh street block uh, bus back up north, uh, back to, to medical school. I would go meet a few friends in one of the surrounding buildings and we would study from you know 10 until two in the morning and then I'd go to bed and then I'd do the same exact thing the next day. <laughs> and so that's basically my entire medical school existence was classes, teaching, studying, repeat the next day. And I'm, I'm very lucky that I was pretty good at, if I was, if I was present uh, and paying attention in lecture, I could retain a lot. So it didn't require a whole lot of excess studying. Uh, so I was able to balance that. Um, that wasn't nearly as bad though as residency. Um, I'm sure you guys I've heard horror stories about um, the indentured slavery of, of residency, uh, but that was, that was much more difficult finding balance. But again, you make time for, the, for what you love, right? So yeah, there was a couple of weeks where, you know, periodically here and there when, when I was in, on the trauma rotation and I was pulling 36 hour shifts, you're right, I wasn't going to uh, a, a teaching class and training as much, but then I made up for it on maybe the easier rotations, right? And that's how I kind of found my balance because I, I, I keep saying the only reason why I haven't gone nuts in my, in my job and especially during this pandemic is because uh, what gives me release and lets me turn my brain off and completely focus on something different is the martial arts. I can go there, I can be there, I can just do martial arts, I can turn off everything else, all the other extraneous nonsense and drama that might have happened in the emergency department and just be present, focusing on the martial arts and, and what I truly love to do. Um, so I think it's, it's just, it's about scheduling. It's part of also why I chose emergency medicine, right? Because I knew I had shift work. And yeah, I, sometimes I work overnights and uh, I, I have to sleep the next day and, you know, exercising in martial arts is a little bit more exhausting. Um, but at the end of the day, there's several days I have off too because it's shift work. And on those days, I make sure I focus on my teaching and my training um, and my family. Uh, and I'm very fortunate to have family in the martial arts. I'm not sure how there's plenty of masters out there that their significant others are not in the martial arts. I just don't know how they do it. Uh, because again, I say my entire world is literally medicine, martial arts, and then my family, which luckily is linked to the martial arts. All of our martial arts vacation, I mean, most of our vacations are martial arts related as many other martial artists can, attain, uh, can attest to. Um, and so it's, Again, I don't know how to say it any better than you make time for what you love. There's lots of list making. I have checklists. Schedules. Um, it's scheduling. Uh, it, yeah, I don't have a lot of downtime. I know someone asked about that. There's, there's not a whole, but that's not me, right? I, I, we were just joking earlier that if I sit down or don't have something to do for 15 or 30 minutes, it's actually stressful for me because I'm thinking the whole time there's something else I could be doing or something else I could be getting done or some other way I could be using that time 
better. So I literally have to schedule in my relaxation time. So things like vacations, I don't mind relaxing on vacation because that's, that's what that time was allotted for. And that's just the way that my, my brain works. Um, so yeah, so I've managed to, to train through it all. And if you want it bad enough, you can do it, right? So anybody who's going out, I know a lot of our students at Evolution are going off to college next year. Um, again, I, I got on a bus and to South Philly by myself, you know, back and forth, uh, because I loved it that much. And I loved the students that much and the instructors that much. Um, and you will, you will make time uh, if you love it. Awesome. Uh, we have some people uh, chiming in. Actually, Master Marco, I talked to him uh, earlier this week and he talked about being in school. He was in Colorado and trained off of the videos and uh, textbooks on his own because he had no one else to train with because that's just what he wanted to do. He loved it that much. And then, you know, went to Texas to test for his black belt. So if, if you want it bad enough, you'll do it, right? You'll, you'll find some way to fit, fit it in there. Uh, who else we got? We got uh, Lynn Prifty from Region 9 watching. Our daughter Riley says hi. Uh, Mike McGonigal, the Schultzes, uh, Yoshi. So Yoshi uh, put one in here and it kind of ties in with another question he asked earlier. So his question here is, how has your medical training informed your tongue pseudo training? But he also asked what the topic of your thesis was. Okay. Um, it's interesting. I usually get asked the other way around. How has my martial arts training affected my medical training? Because um, I also will say that a lot of my success in medical school and beyond was thanks to my martial arts training. Uh, it, it really does treat you the discipline and the focus. Um, and when I think back to my, my early training days, um, it's, it, it, was, it was such a, a, a challenge, right? Up until college, really a lot of that, my earlier high school years and things had come kind of easy to me. School wasn't incredibly challenging for me. Um, it, it's something I just enjoyed doing. And I was, I was fortunate, again, I'm very lucky that when I hear things, if I'm paying attention, I retain them. So it wasn't super challenging. And then the martial arts came along. Uh, and I got to tell you, um, my first two instructors, uh, Master Mae Broda was one of them. Uh, and he shaped a lot of who I am today and my fighting and my kicking skills. And there was another instructor, uh, Miss Turner, who ended up having to leave and, and go to the West Coast, but she was, was one of my first instructors. I just remember how hard she was on me and how she would, she would just pick me apart. And it was hard for me. Um, I had been you know, given awards and praise. And now I was in this element, I was completely out of my element. And she, I mean, there's nothing I could do, right? I, my front kick wasn't good enough. My side kick wasn't good enough. And I thought, man, when I, by the time I got to the orange belt green, but I le legitimately thought about quitting because she just would not let up. She was all over me all the time. And man, what a challenge. And I think it's thanks to her. I mean, I, I didn't quit because I, I don't quit, right? I mean, I, I've never given up on anything. Uh, and I, I was going to make my goal, which was black belt. And my, my goal was black belt by the time I graduated college. And I'm going to let her and anybody stop me. Uh, and she really, um, for the first time, really, really challenged me in life. And I think it's thanks to her that I, I'm who I am today. Because I think even today, 
now I get annoyed when I don't get feedback. Uh, you know, once you make master level, there's less people out there critiquing you and giving you feedback. And I always say that Master Robinson is one of those people, luckily, that has absolutely no fear to walk up and tell me that, you know, my, my block stunk or my punch was too weak or I moved my shoulder too much. Uh, and it's thanks to that, those are the people that help us get better. And that's the type of feedback I like. I don't like the sugar coating, uh, you know, oh, you're, you're good at this, but blah, blah. I, I just want you to tell me what, what can I do better, right? That, that's how I am. That's how I, I kind of teach uh, for better or for worse, but that's because that's how I like to receive feedback. And I think it's because of the challenge of the martial arts and how and my learning that I, I wanted to get better every day, the focus, the discipline that it took to get there, um, humbling myself because this first instructor, this instructor that was teaching me, I think she was, once she was 15 or 16. I mean, she was a couple of years younger than me too when I started training and this 16 year old was was put me in my place every day and i really grew because of that and i think that that's really what readied me for medical training uh thanks to the martial arts because you know there's definitely a hierarchy in the medical world especially when you're a resident especially when you're doing surgical rotations and had it not been for that experience and learning how to work through that mentally i wouldn't have done as well as i did in my medical training um so that answers the reverse question <laughs> um how does medicine make me better than the martial arts? I think it just makes me love the martial arts that much more. One, because martial arts are a great stress relief again for especially the emergency medicine world because we, we see some stuff uh, in emergency medicine. Uh, and again, if I didn't have the outlet of my family and hitting things, not my family, hitting <laughs> bags um, and just you know the, being able to completely shut off and be in my martial arts world when I there, you know, I. I don't know how I don't know how people I don't know how other physicians survive that aren't in the martial arts. But the other thing is it makes me realize, especially right now during this whole pandemic, that man, martial arts is really it makes you medical it makes you mentally stronger. Like I've mentioned, it makes you physically stronger and healthy too, right? And I think I appreciate that a lot more because you know in the emergency room I'm seeing people um, that have not taken care of themselves and what that does to their body. Uh, and it just makes me even more grateful uh, for the martial arts because this is this is what we do, right? In Tung Sudo, is we make we make each other better and healthier, right? We make each other better people. Your people, we lead healthier lifestyles, uh, and it's thanks to that. Uh, it, 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 if everybody did that, my job would be much easier. And I think that my medical training allows me to appreciate. All the good that Tung Sudo does for people that maybe they don't even realize. So, and then I think the other part was my thesis. Right. So, um, one of my roles in Region Eight is that I am the conductor, trainer, for lack of a better description, um, for our our regional black belt tests. So, um, I write the scripts for the test, and then I train conductors uh, how to run the tests uh, in a way that's going to be positive experience for the uh, graders and the testees. And um, so I wanted to make a handbook or some sort of guidelines for, for how to do conductor training and black belt testing for different, you know, for the World Tongue Sudo, uh, for other regions to use. And I got shot down <laughs> and I got told, you're going to write about health and martial arts, basically. So uh, not surprisingly, I got pitch and hold into my doctor role and I, my, my thesis is on um, all the different health 
benefits of the martial arts, of which uh, there are numerous. I think it's you know 60 pages long, so that would take this entire uh, interview. Uh, but that's what my my thesis was about, uh, not by my choosing, by my I, I was voluntold to do that. <laughs> but that goes along with what you said, where you know the best thing about the martial arts for you outside of being a doctor is the benefits that it has on you mentally and physically. Right. So uh, our daughter uh, put one, who inspired you the most? So it's kind of a open-ended question, but uh, if we take it through martial arts. Yeah, as I said, who inspired me the most is not um, a martial arts person, although there are many inspirations I have in the martial arts the most. Hmm. You could take that who outside of martial arts too, if you. Well, I, I have a, a family member um, or kind of a family member um, that's inspired me in my most in my life. But man, I'm not really sure. Um, there, again, there's there's so many. I don't even know. There's And there's different people that inspire me in different ways. Um, so certainly Grandmaster Shin, um, getting to watch him closely uh, being up at headquarters um, was inspirational. Um, again, that my very, very first instructor, uh, Miss Turner, inspired me in, in way inspired me to to want to work harder uh, and uh, to to not give up. Um, but then there's there's plenty of of these female masters out there that inspire me every day. I mean, Master Tracy was on here last week. Uh, Master Rachel Valentin. Uh, oh my gosh, I can name a million. Master Angel Salona, uh, Master Anna Setianto, uh, you know, Jolene Westrod. I mean, it goes on and on. There's a bunch of females that have inspired me because they they got out there and they, they just they just they just work hard. We don't identify ourselves as female martial artists or, or as being different. We are martial artists and we're gonna go out there and train as hard as everybody else. Um, there's no female way to do things, um, you know, and I know that there's, there's lots of different thoughts on this, um, but uh, I mean, again, I don't think I could name just one person. Um, so too many, too many to name, so many different people that help me in so many different ways. Uh, Master Robinson, he's a big inspiration for me. Um, it goes on and on. That's a good answer. Uh, let's see. Kelsey says, hi, Dr. Watson. Listening to you is bringing back a lot of memories. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Kelsey was back in New York. Uh, so, man, so many. We were really, really blessed. Yeah. When, when I was coming up through the ranks, there was just a, gosh, at least 16 just top-notch, hard training. I mean, you don't have to be the most talented, but these people trained and left it on the mat every night. And that's, I mean, for me, that's what it's about, right? You don't have to be the best one out there. You got to be the hardest working one out there. Uh, and man, we, I was i was really lucky. We had quite a group of, of, of rock stars when I was coming up through my early ranks and obviously still now as well. Absolutely. I, I remember those, those days. So Master S, going back to what we talked about earlier, making excuses or results both are up to the students. That's right. And, and it, that's true in everything, right? But not just in the martial arts, that's true in life, right? Especially during hard times like right now. Again, people, you can make an excuse or you can just get out there and, and you know, your life is about choices, right? I think about this stuff all the time, the choices I could have made differently, right? I mean, just something as simple as I, I literally came down to the last week of deciding where did I want to go to college? Um, yeah, I, I had narrowed it down to the University of Delaware, mainly because my parents were like, it's a lot cheaper. And if you do that, we'll get you a car and we're gonna let you go study abroad, right? Or Cornell, which basically gave me like nothing, but in my head, I'm like, ooh, Ivy League school, it's all fancy. And it literally came down to the last like hour and I chose Delaware. And I still to this day think, oh my God, what if I had chosen Cornell, right? 
would I be a physician? Would I be in the martial arts? It's just mind-boggling little things like that. And then same thing when I was choosing my residency, I was this close to going to University of Maryland. And had I gone to University of Maryland rather than um, Christiana, because um, I, for those of you who don't know, I actually did a double residency in emergency and internal medicine. So I did a five-year rather than just a three-year residency to be double boarded. I'm still not sure why. I think I'm just a perpetual student. Um, and there's only 10 in the whole country at that point in time. So I really didn't have that many options. Uh, and so I was down to Maryland or, or Christiana and same thing. I think, oh my gosh, what if I had chosen Maryland? Would I have gotten married and had the kids and stayed in the martial arts? Because it's not really, you know, a, well, Thompson Doe School in Baltimore and just little things. It's all about your choices, which is not exactly what Master Satyanta meant. But the point is you do choose your destiny uh, and you can choose to take the easy way out or you can choose to persevere and uh, and make make the life that you I mean I, my life is better than I could ever have dreamed so awesome uh following up on that master Setianto asked how would you describe your first year at master's clinic wow yeah um <laughs> that's uh it's funny because I think master um uh, Salona had uh, asked about my favorite training experience. There's just something right. to that extent uh, before we got going. Uh, and that certainly is definitely one of the, the training experiences I remember the most. Um, I remember being incredibly humbling uh, because you really are a white belt all over again. Uh, you are there to, to train your push off the entire weekend if there's always somebody watching we, we were letting over and over again there's always someone watching you and you will give 100 percent at all times um and uh there are fantastic memories about that uh, that experience there's a couple not fantastic memories that i'm not going to go into detail uh but everything challenged me in in different ways and um you know i think the reason why it was one of my favorite training experiences is one because of the amazing people that were there right so for instance I got to know Master Satyanto a lot better that time I had always knew that he was a good martial artist and he was in our system and we were friends outside of martial arts as well but you know getting to really train alongside of him I mean he speaking of inspirations he's one of my big inspirations in the martial arts too just the definition of a humble hard-working just all-around nice guy getting to, to have him next to me um thinking oh my gosh this guy is eons better than me how in the world am I here with him right same with Master Setianto or Master um sorry Master Salona that Master Setianto Master Salona uh Master Heiss uh Master Westrod and then some of my just my brothers from another mother, um, Master Soto out in uh, San Diego, Master Martinez uh, from Puerto Rico, who's down in Florida, and some of the other people that I got to, to train and test alongside of, even the people that weren't in, uh, you know, uh, Master Gordon, Faith Gordon, uh, people that were a year ahead of me that are still, we got to train alongside of Master Peterman. Um, man, I mean, these, the talent was just, uh, mind-boggling and to think that I got to be on the floor training next to them was just such an inspiring experience and then there was Master Cuddy um, who uh, unfortunately uh, passed away a few years back uh, but he was what, 70 yeah, maybe a little older than 70 yeah. uh, with me uh, training on the floor and just watching him and thinking holy mackerel like you know I'm not exactly I'm not on the youngest end but holy mackerel like how does this guy out here doing the same thing as everybody else 
uh, just watching his spirit. And I still remember my master's test, that first year master's test. Uh, I had no idea what to expect and I can't go into too many details of this you know, secretness of master's clinic, but it was brutal, right? So we were just like you do in regular black belt testing, marching techniques up and down the floor. And I swear they took us this entire length of this entire part of the gym. I, we did like 15 to 20 techniques up one way, 15 to 20 techniques on the way back. And I still remember in the first 20 minutes thinking, I'm going to die. And I thought for a good 30 seconds, I thought, this is it. I, I'm not gonna do this this year. I, I can't make it. I'm dying. I can just come back and do this next year. There's no shame in stepping out. I'm just not ready this year. And I look over and I see Master Cuddy and he is out there giving a hundred percent. And it's almost like I could feel his energy infuse me. And then I look around and see Master Setianto and I see Master Gordon, I see Master Sloan, I see Master Westbrook, I see all these other, you know, right next to me is Master Heiss and Master Martinez. And, I, and these, the, the energy of all of these people lifted me up and carried me through that test. And it was one of the best experiences of, of my life. I think I'm still most proud of my first degree black belt test, uh, but that is another, I, I will never forget that first year of master's clinic. Uh, one of the most uplifting, exhilarating ex training experiences of my life. So thanks for bringing up, that up, Master Septianto. That was a, it was a great year. Hopefully you felt the same way. <laughs> yeah, I, I still remember when you came back from that and, and you, we're on a high for a long time after that. It's the same way, you know, when every, if I, that's the way I feel. Hopefully you guys feel the same way. Every black belt clinic, mm -hmm. right? After you finish every, our regional black belt clinic every year, you just come back to your studios, just filled with energy and ready to go out and share and train. It's the same way with master's clinic, but times 10, mm -hmm. you know, or times a hundred. Uh, it's yeah. Great experience. Cool. Everybody can get there someday. That's if you don't right. make excuses and you keep going. He also he mentioned Jesse Dunn. There was a lot oh, of Master Dunn. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's amazing. He's the best. Uh, so, Mr. Bracco asks, can you talk about your tournament battles at regionals? I watch a lot of those and remember them as awesome. <laughs> so, actually, so tournaments were never, never my favorite thing ever, uh, honestly. Um, in fact, I don't even think I did one until I was out of college. I think, which is part of why I think I had blinders to the fact that there was a bigger association out there. I was very much in my little new RKMAI studio. So I think it wasn't until either the very end of college or after I graduated that I even went to my first uh, regionals. I did a couple little, Master Godwin used to have the Kahunaville tournament and I did a couple of those. I, but I think that even then, the first time I ever competed in a tournament, I was a blue belt. So it was, it, it, I, I, I'll make excuses. I was in college, right? So I was still trying to sort out this, how do I balance martial arts with the rest of my world? Um, so it's never my favorite thing. Um, demo team was my favorite thing. So I think that's pretty much why I was, I, I even did tournaments was to be part of the demo team. Um, those are my favorite experiences. But uh, when I was in tournaments, uh, certainly my favorite was, was sparring. And I think that's what most people will remember me for. I was never the, the best at forms or weapons, uh, but I really liked to fight. Uh, and I was with uh, Mrs. Uh, Master Mabrook um, at that time, Miss Hurd um, was, at, and I think Master Salona, she's a little younger, but at some point she came up and we were in the same division as well. And a couple other uh, of these amazing ladies, uh, I got to fight with them. Um, and uh, one year, 2001, I think it was my first year of medical school, actually, is the year that I won the regional cup. Um, it was two, uh, and, 2005, because I, oh, I was there. 
What? See, I have no idea. It was the Wait, year what? after you graduated. Oh, okay. You graduated. So maybe, yeah. All right. Well, see, I, yeah. I have no recollection whatsoever. <laughs> 2005. So. Are we sure about that? Okay. Well, 2005. That's when I graduated medical school. Right. Okay. Well, there. anyway. Um, <laughs> what was my point in this? Oh, even then, I'm not even sure that I really uh, earned it because if you go back and you probably do ask Stephanie, um, <laughs> they reversed the order. So this is back when I think was. I want to say that the, the order was kind of as quickly as you signed up, right? right. So the faster you signed up, the, the later you were in the roster. And Master Peterman does it way better now because it was, I was one of those. I knew that's how they did it. So I would be the first person to sign up and submit it so I could be as far towards the end, knowing that the scores you know, inevitably kind of go up as you go along. And for whatever reason at this tournament, you know, somehow Steph always managed to get hers in before me. So she would always go pretty much last. And so she was last, but they decided to make it fair and they put her first. And to this day, I still wonder if I would have actually gotten the cup or if Steph would have gotten the cup that year because she ended up going first, but they left the rest of us the same. So I was still towards the end and I'm not sure if it was fair, but I think, uh, that's, that's the year that I won the cup. Uh, it just shows you, I mean, you know, just go out there and work hard. Sometimes there's other things that factor into who gets the cup and who gets first place. Um, uh, but the, my biggest regret in tournaments was in Worlds. I'm not, I'm thinking the year right because apparently I can't even remember the year I got the, okay, so 2012. 2012. Um, they, I was with the third degrees and they broke up the third degrees you oftentimes you're in an age group with like first seconds and thirds but for whatever year the reason that year they there were so many of us that they broke us out by age and rank so i was with, with a bunch of other third degree ladies in my same age range and i got first in weapons and first in forms and this was baffling to me because i never placed so high in this before and i still remember to this day master robinson walking up to me and saying it's yours to lose and I lost. I came up against in my first round a left-footed fighter that just, I don't know, psychologically messed with me. And I did not fight my game. I totally played into her hands and she just crushed me. It wasn't even a good match, I'm pretty sure. And I totally, I, I, I it was mine to lose and I lost it. And I was so disappointed because I thought I could be world champion and I wasn't even a big tournament person. And I remember thinking I worked so hard and this is sparring, it's my thing. And then I lost first round. So, um, but anyway. Uh, I'm not sure the tournaments uh, to answer your question, Mr. Bracco, um, were fun because of the camaraderie, et cetera, but I never was really one of the competitive people. It was just fun being with my friends and enjoying the, the Poconos and um, uh, yeah, it was never really my thing. Couple, couple highlighted moments, but <laughs> awesome. not my thing. Um, one of the things I, I wanted to go back, uh, maybe uh, share some moments of your time uh, spent with Grandmaster Shin at the, the headquarters because I don't I, I, a lot of it's crazy to think that when did the headquarters go to North Carolina in 2010? I, I'm terrible. Uh, yeah, terrible so I think it was no right around that time. So I mean, there there are many people that don't remember Philly being the world headquarters. Obviously, a lot of, lots of us do, but um, yeah. Um, the, I was there from, I, I can do this, from 2001 until 2005, so I got four years to be up there, um, and yeah, it was, it was fantastic. Um, I, it, I, Master Castelli taught most of the classes. I got to work with Grandmaster at leadership class, so it's not like it don't, wasn't, he didn't come down every single night and teach. I got to see him every day, but it's mainly because his office was right across from the changing room upstairs. So and for those of you that never went to headquarters in Philly, it's all hardwood, which was a whole 
different training experience and there's two floors. So the studio is on the first floor and then all of the Wapungsudo um, offices were on the second floor. So Maggie's office and Roe, one of my favorite people um, and uh, Master, uh, Grandmaster Shin was across the way. Uh, so I did get to interact with him, but mostly it was just him saying, doctor, closed door, right? So he would make me come over and shut his door and do a couple of things for him. Um, uh, and again, obviously getting to train with him at, at, at clinic and then at these leadership classes, the, the for those of you who don't know, the region eight leadership class or um, which still exists today, started, I think, I think I was, it was either my first or second year in medical school. So it started while I was in headquarters and I had the incredible luck that because I was an instructor at headquarters, it didn't matter that I was only a first degree about to be a second degree, I was still allowed to come to the leadership training sessions uh, and that where I met a, a bunch of my other amazing friends, Master Guider, Master Black, uh, Master Fearfelder, a lot of these people um, who are also my brothers uh, all came through my early training. I still remember that I was just this random token, first, second degree, uh, walking around the floor with all of these third degrees uh, at leadership class. I learned so much from those classes as well. And so I got to train with Grandmaster Shin there as well. The funniest memory I have of him was the one fateful year that I agreed to be medical staff at the Children's Black Belt Clinic. I don't know how uh, Miss Hurd um, and who's the other one? Miss Skimba, Master Skimba. Uh, I have no idea how they do this every year. Uh, Master Horse, I think, helps out sometimes too. Um, it was, it was torture. Uh, so uh, I, I just remember, so when you are medical staff, you get to stay stay in the infirmary. So I guess that's the perk, right? Is that you're not a camp counselor, you get to stay in the infirmary in the air conditioning. And it was, I remember that year, uh, Master Setianto was pregnant. So she stashed all of her food in my refrigerator and she would come and hang out with me in the air conditioning periodically. Um, but that year also, I don't even know why, but some child decided to spray bug spray in another child's mouth. So they held down the kid and they sprayed some bug spray in their mouth, right? So they bring this kid to me. And I think I wasn't even, I was not a physician or maybe I was in, I, I, I can't remember what year this was either. I was either in residency yeah. or still a student. I, I didn't know very much. So let's just put it that way back then. Uh, and so I called, I called poison control and they tell me I got to monitor this kid for seizures throughout the night. I got to wake him up every hour to make sure he's not having a seizure. So I have to let this kid sleep in the infirmary with me. And so the worst part was after I talked to poison control, I got to talk to the kid's parents, right? Um, so Grandmaster gets wind that there may be something actual medical happened. Um, and he's kind of lurking around and I'm on the phone uh, with the parents trying to explain what happened and what I'm going to do. And he literally gets off the golf cart and he walks up, he takes the phone out of my hand and he says, oh, no worries, he'll be okay. Click and hangs up and just puts the phone and walks off. And I'm like, well, I was in the middle of a conversation <laughs> trying to reassure this family. And Grandmaster just walked up and said, everything's gonna be fine. See ya. <laughs> so that's one of my funny memories of, uh, of Grandmaster Shin. Awesome. Um, cool. We got about 15 minutes left. I got some questions for you. So, one of the ones that uh, was asked earlier by Mike, um, he asked about the once we open up again, uh, your thoughts on the, the future of. Of training in the dojang yeah this is a this is a loaded question i don't i think um so uh right now um uh master fatori who is the regional director of region eight uh has tasked um the different representatives from different states to work on a, a reopening process um so uh, that process is still being worked out now 
Um, it's certainly going to be different for a while. I think, I think, you know, I don't want to get into my thoughts on the pandemic because again, that could go on for hours. Uh, I think we are going to get back to regular life eventually, right? Hopefully by the end of the year, maybe early next year, but you're right. In the meantime, the next six months, what does this look like moving forward? The answer is it's going to be different. Um, you know, we might have to have smaller classes, other different safety measures put in place. I like to think of it as maybe better for the students in some ways, right? Because, um, you know, I, I'm not sure at other schools, but evolution sometimes will have 30 people in a class. And it's really hard to give individualized attention when you have so many people on the mat. So it actually might be good that we have smaller classes periodically. You might get more one-on-one, -on -one, uh, you know, feedback, uh, good constructive feedback. Um, you know, so it might actually be better uh, in, in the short term. Um, it, but this is, this is kind of a tough question for me to answer because I'm actually the person that's working on this process for Delaware. Uh, and I have not uh, gotten all the details worked out with uh, the, the Tungsudo lawyers just yet. So I, I don't want to um, say more than it's, it's, it's probably going to be different for a little while, but I think we're going to make it work. Um, uh, and I know it, it, it's not going to stay like this forever. Just leave it at that. All right. That for a there you go. <laughs> Mr. Lyons says, you do an awesome job leading all the conductors of black belt testing. How did leading the group come about? Okay. Uh, so fantastic. So one of, so again, Maggie Gonski, man, what, I don't know where, where would I be without her? So I still remember I was, you know, I, I didn't start training right away in Philly when I when I went to medical school. It was a couple of months where I was just you know sorting things out. I was training in the gym at the medical school, which drew a lot of stairs. Uh, and that's when I finally talked to Master Gavin. I was like, listen, I gotta do something. And he put me in contact with headquarters. And so very early on, so I, I wanna say I got to headquarters by like August, right? And testing is in September. And so I hadn't known her for that long, but long enough that she trusted me to help. She was in charge of the Tiny Tigers class and I would help her teach all the Tiny Tigers classes. And so we kind of formed a bond that way. And at that black belt testing that year, I want to say someone called out sick. It was very different back then, right? So there, I think there's one conductor per group that ran the test like the whole day pretty much. Maybe you had two conductors um, and somebody, somebody went missing that year, didn't come for some reason that year. And she looked at me and was like, you're conducting black belt testing. And I was like, what are you talking about? I mean, so I was still a first degree at that point in time, for sure. And everybody else that conducted was third degrees and like high power third degrees, like Rob Massaroni, um, Antonio Borriello, um, again, Phil Geider, Adam White. Adam White conducted my black belt test, I still remember. Um, and then Master Black, you know, so these really high powered people. And I thought I can definitely not hang with these people. And talk about being put in your place. I still remember this too. So it was my first time ever conducting black belt testing. I think they put me, it might've been with Master Grader. I think he might've been the first person I conducted with. And so I'm demonstrating my least favorite kick of all time, which is diagonal kick. I'm, I just, I knock need. I'm, I'm going to make excuses, Master Satyam, so I'm sorry, but I'm knock need. <laughs> my knees don't turn that way. I've, I've adapted. I do a decent one now, but back then, first degree, I was definitely not great with it. So I'm demonstrating it, and I think I do a pretty good job, but I still remember uh, Master Fisher and Master DiPietro were on my board, and they call me over after I finished my portion, and they said, yeah, that wasn't a diagonal kick. And I was like, oh, okay, um, sorry, I'll do better the next time because we conducted a couple of groups, right? So then the next time I get up there and I'm, I'm going to put all my energy into it, I throw my 
world's greatest diagonal kick. And I felt like it was a monster of a diagonal kick. And I still remember I turned back and I looked at them and I was like, better? And they were like, yeah. Reminded me of my hierarchy of where I was. So that's how I got started in conducting because I got thrown literally to the wolves, I felt like. Uh, and, uh, but Maggie trusted me and she put me out there and she had seen me teach class. And she said, if you can handle the tiny tigers, you can do black belt testing. And I just never stopped after that. I miss conducting so much that the saddest day of getting my fourth degree was when I couldn't conduct anymore. So heartbreaking. Around that time, the person besides Master Romitis, who really was first in charge of conductors, he handed the reins over to Master Brenner. And Master Brenner, um, because of medical conditions, kind of had to eventually kind of let those reins go. And when he was um, phasing out of that position, he came to me and said, hey, listen, would you mind taking over for me? Because he knew how much I loved it. Um, and then, you know, that's how I got put in charge of it. And then we started developing training sessions. And I'm so happy that there's so many other people out there that are like me that just love it so much. Um, it's, it's such a joy um, to go out there and uh, help a group of black belt candidates just put it all out there, give them some energy when they need it, but allow them to show their amazing technique and show why they're earning their black belt that day. There's no, there's no better feeling than that. Um, and so that's how I came to be the conductor instructor. I should get a title. Conductor instructor. Yeah, that doesn't work. <laughs> All right, uh, Master Setianto has one more for us. Uh, do you have any special memories of Grandmaster Bodwin? Uh, yeah, so. so many, right? Um, I'm trying to think of my favorite memory of him. We were, we, got, we got really lucky that we um, we went to a, a regional championship in Aruba, Region 18. Uh, Region 18's championship in Aruba. Uh, when Grandmaster Sean and Grandmaster Bodwin were there. And so we got to spend a good deal of one-on-one -on -one time with him there. And I just, he uh, just loves our youngest daughter. I'm sure he loves both of our daughters, uh, but his, he used to, the little, the little redhead would bring such a, a smile to his face. And I loved watching him interact with, with my kids there. Um, I also, I still distinctly remember uh, him coming to our Region 8 uh, Black Belt Clinics as well and walking around the, the track with him in the morning time. I remember having lots of great conversations just walking around the track. Uh, it sounds like a strange memory, right? But it just, just the one-on-one -on -one time with him. And then certainly when I got to the, the, the great blessing to be invited by Mrs. Master Valentin to teach uh, in Region 9 um, this past uh, summer when they had their uh, Region 9 Black Belt Clinic. Um, I, I could, there's no way I would have known that shortly thereafter he would pass away, but I got to make some last kind of final special memories with him one-on-one -on -one up in Region 9 for that entire weekend and sitting and having breakfast with him and talking with him. Um, you know, just such a, what a, I mean, everybody says this about him. What a, what a wonderful man, you know, the, the best hugs, the smiles. He remembered everything about you. He remembered your family and he was genuine, you know. Uh, he was, yeah, just Again, back to the previous question of all the different inspirations, he and Master Strong, I mean, so lucky to have them to be able to take over for Grandmaster Shin when he passed away. I mean, they just really bring the, the heart and the soul with them and hopefully they keep passing it down uh, throughout the years. Uh, uh, we have to save the Halbert's question. Uh, well, of course, we're gonna save that one for last. Yeah. Uh, we haven't forgotten you, Leslie. I know. 
Brian said, with that said, that might there still be a spring cycle final test? Hey, now, I feel like these aren't fair questions. To be for determined. My interview, to right? be determined. You guys are trying to put me on the spot to reveal secrets. <laughs> Um, uh, I, I can't answer that question, yeah. Mr. Kerr. You're my cousin. You're not supposed to be throwing me to the wolves. Undecided. Um, let's see. I think we did all of these. Most challenging thing about, yeah. Yeah, there were some funny questions. I think uh, Leslie also asked oh, my yeah, least, least favorite, favorite food. food. Yeah. That's easy, right? I mean, this is easy. Whenever I go to a restaurant, so we are definitely food nerds. Um, food brings us great pleasure, right? We don't go out and buy clothes and stuff. It's, it's we're going to go out and spend money, it's on food. Um, and so I, whenever the restaurants ask me, what do I not want? Or you know, what do I not like? Or what should I leave off the menu? This is easy, right? Raisins, ricotta cheese. Those are the big ones, yeah. right? I, raisins, it's, it's actually both of them, it's a texture thing. Yeah. Uh, I, in dried food in general, I'm not a fan of, but raisins specifically completely gross me out. And then uh, ricotta or cottage or that grainy cheese, oh, I can't do it, I can't do it. <laughs> I know, I'm making my Italian grandparents roll over, uh, but it's, yeah, it's, uh, I can't do ricotta cheese. Uh, that's funny. Um, let's see. No. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Our Riley continues to uh, chime in on my posts. She said, definitely. Nice. Uh, Lynn Pripty says, you're awesome at our Black Belt Clinic. Oh, man, what a great pinch. Again, just so, so lucky. All these amazing martial artists all throughout our world, man, that Connecticut uh, group up there, um, that Region 9 Black Belt Clinic was so much fun. Those kids were just fantastic. The instructors up there are amazing. Uh, phew, and we're, we're just blessed. Wonderful families all over. Again, Region 18 when we were out, you know, in Aruba and all the people that came over from Puerto Rico and Argentina and man, it was again, just if you haven't gotten out there and traveled to other regions or, you know, gone to uh, tournaments in another region or it, or and when you are just traveling in general, this is what we love to do, right? If we're like when we were in Seattle, we went out to Seattle before our 10 year honeymoon before another trip. And we got to train with Master Elmore, uh, another just, again, everywhere you go, there's gonna be somebody that welcomes you. When I was in Arizona for a medical conference, I trained um, uh, down there at- uh, Master uh, Williamson? The, yeah, no, Master, what's the name of his school? Star World. Star World, right, Star World uh, with Master Williamson. Uh, it's just, just people everywhere. So if you're gonna travel, look up whether there's a Tung Sudo school nearby because chances are they're gonna come and let you train. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you get to meet all these different amazing people. For some reason, Tung Sudo just attracts wonderful, kind-hearted, talented, hardworking people. Um, so get out there and, and meet them. All right, we're gonna let uh, Master Angel Salona be our last uh, question before Ooh. the Hogwarts section. I don't like that question. No, you wanna skip it? <laughs> That's okay, she can. <laughs> so do you have any future goals and what are your future goals in the martial arts? Yeah, so that's tough, right? So um, it, it, mainly because I feel like I get um, asked this question um, at work too, right? Uh, it's, uh, and it's always good to have goals, right? Um, but I think it's also okay to be happy kind of with where you are, not in a stagnant way, um, but I think it's important that we all be satisfied with the life that we create for yourselves. Um, you know, uh, so I'll have my colleagues at work ask me, oh, are you going to try to move up and get higher and administrative? And I, I'm, I'm happy where I am. So I know for sure I'm happy where I am with my work. I found my work balance, right? I have a nice balance of seeing patients. I've got an administrative role. I have an academic role. And I've, I've kind of shaped my work world where I want to be. And I 
kind of done that with the martial arts as well. I always say <clears throat> that uh, my medical uh, job funds my martial arts love, which is my real true love, which is true. I mean, I love medicine as well and taking care of patients, but man, I, if I could, uh, if I didn't have this other thing pulling me to the side, I would definitely do martial arts full time. There's nothing else I would want to do besides one of those two things. Um, so as such, future goals, I mean, obviously I want to learning and progressing. Um, but I think my future goals are twofold. Uh, one, you know, there's no question at some points uh, when the timing is better for our lives that we would love to open our own school together. Uh, again, Master K has been amazingly welcoming and I wouldn't change a darn thing about Kaluzny. my, what? Just, uh... Oh, sorry, Kaluzny actually, I'll yeah, say it Kaluzny. the right way. Um, well, everybody knows who Master K is, right, well, um, you know, and but you know, someday it would be nice to, to have our, our own martial arts school. Um, and the other thing is, I, I, I have a couple of different niches with, you know, um, I, I help out with black belt test prep. That's kind of my, my thing, black belt test and tournament prep, as well as um, the conductor training and whatnot. But I kind of like to have a, a different niche, right? Something, you know, I could, masters have something that they're known for. I think this is kind of a weird goal, but I'd like to have something that I was kind of the go-to person for, if that makes any sense. Um, you know, so Master Salona is amazing with the fans, right, among everything else. But, you know, she has a, a unique a unique talent, I guess that's what I'm looking for. I'd like to have something that makes me more unique. Um, that being said, that's a goal, right? Um, I'm very happy with where I am, honestly. Cool. All right. Well, that takes us right up to the end here. Uh, we'll do the last one that uh, Leslie Jackson posted. All right. If you were a Hogwarts professor, which one would you be? Right. So uh, <laughs> other love of my life is Harry Potter. I love everything about it. I'm not ashamed to say that. I, yes, I, just, I love everything about those books. Uh, and this is a no-brainer. I'm pretty sure this is a no-brainer for anybody who knows me. But for without a doubt, Professor McGonagall, right? She's no nonsense. She tells it like it is. But she does have a kind heart under the surface as well and some soft spots in there. Um, I also like that she teaches a really challenging subject like transfiguration, which you can't grasp. It takes years of practice to get better at it. And again, I feel like that's kind of how I've always tackled my worlds as well, right? I've chosen medicine and martial arts and things that it's gonna take me my entire life to even begin to think about mastering. Uh, and so that's that's why I would choose uh, McGonagall. The only issue, as Jeffrey just pointed out, Master Setianto just pointed out, um, is that of course uh, she is Gryffindor and there's no doubt that through and through uh, on every quiz I've ever taken, and I really believe this in my heart as well, I'm Hufflepuff through and through. I think I'm even wearing my shirt on today. This was not done on purpose, but I noticed it earlier when we were sitting outside, right? I've got my Hufflepuff shirt on, so um, uh, I am Hufflepuff through it's that weird loyal streak in me um uh, that's my kind of defining quality i think uh so but anyway the answer to leslie's question is professor mcgonagall which i'm gonna guess is not a surprise <laughs> in any way shape or form awesome well that puts us on the hour mark even though we we uh started a few minutes late i want to thank you for being my guest today uh, a little different doing it uh right next to each other yeah. <laughs> but i really appreciate it and uh, it seemed like everyone enjoyed it so uh, any last words? No, I mean, again, like I've said all the way through, just keep training, right? Um, put, like Master Setianso said, put the excuses aside, yeah. right? You will feel better when you're training. You will get better when you're training. And the only way to not reach your goal is to quit, 
right? And so I've said this to when I, I was out in um, Region Five. Is that Chicago? If I make that up, mm -hmm. visiting Master Miss Master uh, Janta and Master Tracy, um, and they asked me to say that to ask what my advice would be to their students, and that's what it is, right? Just go and and. When you're there, be there, right? People say, oh, how do you balance all the different things in your life? It's because wherever I am, I am there, right? So don't be at the karate studio thinking about work. Don't be at the work thinking about the karate studio. Wherever you are, when you're with your family, focus on your family, right? That's how all the different pieces of the life can work. So give your 100% effort to whatever that you're doing and just don't stop. Don't take no for an answer. Like I said, I didn't get into medical school. I didn't take no for an answer. I kept going. Do you think this master thing was anywhere on my radar when I first started training as a sophomore in college? Not even on my radar. You just don't stop and you're going to get there. And it's true for everything in life, not just the martial arts. Anything you do, make sure when you're doing it, be present and don't quit. So, All right. That so easy. That was a perfect ending. Thanks everyone for joining us. Can't wait to see everybody soon in person.